This is J.G. Hertz, the General Mar Talker on Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to Season 7, Episode 24 of Commentary, Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. I'm Mike. I'm John. I'm Megan. That's Megan from Educating go. Geeks. How's it going, <laughs> Megan? I'm good. I'm really excited to be here. I might have jumped the gun there. I'm excited. Well, you know, we're excited to have you. Um, yeah, we are. Yeah, you know, we, we, we've the three of us have, have been on one other podcast together yes. and it's gone down yes. in infamy <laughs> uh, there was an episode of the 602 club where we're discussing the jurassic park sequels specifically the lost world and that's yes. right jurassic park 3 uh where you guys were completely wrong about uh, the lost world and uh, see that's, that's not see quite how brilliance. i recall it megan how about you <laughs> I, I recall us being correct I, I recall it that way as well. However, mm. to each their own. I'm not going to judge. I think you I need, just totally disagree. You need you need to go back and listen, and you'll see. You'll see how wrong you were. I probably got really fired up about that. <laughs> but today we're not going to be talking about Jurassic Park or any of its sequels. Instead, we're going to be talking about um, a Fast and Furious sequel. Furious Six, which is yeah. Justin mm-hmm. Lin's seventh movie, <laughs> his final movie, and this is the final work of a Star Trek creator, which we're going to cover. We've done 115 of these things so far. This is number 116, and 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 number last. So that's uh, exciting. I don't know to me anyway. So before we get into that. Megan, okay, now you're yeah. you're one of the hosts of Educating Geeks, right? Yes. Okay, so can you can you explain for people what what that is? So Educating Geeks is a podcast that you guys should all listen to. I think you'd all really like it. Um, the whole concept is that we don't shame people for not having been able to watch or play or read one of our favorite things. So if we find out a friend of ours has never watched Star Trek, we don't revoke their geek card. We invite them over, we sit them down, we watch Star Trek together, and we talk about it afterwards. So uh, we like to bring new people into our favorite fandoms on our show. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's always exciting. I mean, I mean, one of the things which I, I love as a just a, a movie fan or whatever is showing people things that they haven't seen before and you know trying to blow their mind you know i mean that's that's pretty yeah great. it's so much fun yep. that's what being a geek is all about is blowing someone's mind with awesome so we try to put aside the judgment and be friendly and welcoming with with our geekdom that's pretty cool that's pretty cool it is it's very cool you guys did something on dune recently actually which was, we did uh, yeah which was a really good show we did like a whole extravaganza on Dune because um, we covered the book on educating geeks, and then we yeah. joined. We were joined by Norm and Matthew from the mm-hmm. Six Hundred Two Club, and then they invited Alice, my co-host, and I back onto the Six Hundred Two Club where we talked about the movie. So there's a little bit of a crossover happening with us in the Six Hundred Two Club on those Dune episodes, and it was a lot of fun. And I had never read the book or seen the movie, so I was the newbie on those and. I'm so glad that I finally had the opportunity to sit down and watch and read because it's a really great series, and I'm going to be wa- reading and watching more of that. So, 
Excellent. So I take it you're a fan of Star Trek. This isn't something where, where we have to educate you on, on, <laughs> no. on what Star Trek is, right? Okay. All right. No, you guys invited me and with welcome open arms, I was like, it's my people. I'm a big Star Trek fan. I was raised on Star Trek. Um, I'm definitely a next gen girl, but I watched Next Generation as it was coming out. I watched Deep Space Nine. I watched Voyager. I didn't watch very much Enterprise, but I'm fixing that now. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I love Star Trek. It's the greatest. What did you think about the new J.J. Uh, Abrams movies? I liked the first one, but I did not like Into Darkness. I was literally cursing under my breath in the theater. Um, and if you listen to some episodes of The Ready Room, um, I've been, Chris and I have gone on little mini rampages about that movie from time to time. So uh, yeah, don't get me started on Into Darkness. <laughs> Good okay, well, I, I take it you've know. seen the, the, the trailer and stuff for, for Star Trek Beyond, the new one? Yeah, I have. What what, what, do you, what do you think? I'm really not thrilled. I'm not super excited at this point. Um, I'm going to try and hold my judgment. I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to go check it out at some point. Probably not right away after it's released, but I'll, I'll get into the theater at some point. But, uh, you know, after Into Darkness and based on how the trailers are looking, I'm not, I'm not that excited. Okay. All right. Sorry. All right. No, Fair no, enough. no. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, the JJ verse just about? doesn't seem to be, you know, my cup of Earl Grey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people feel that way. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Um, but what about the fact that uh, Justin Lin is is uh, directing this one? Are you a Justin Lin fan? I am a Justin Lin fan. I actually am a really big fan of um, the the Fast and Furious movies. Um, I think those are my favorite thing that I've seen Justin Lin do. I've seen some of the episodes of Community that he's done. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I'm sure I've seen those episodes of True Detective that he directed, but in terms of what I've seen of Justin Lin's work, it's primarily his Fast and Furious work. Um, and I love those movies. And I think they're really well done. I just, I don't know if Fast and Furious equals Star Trek for me, right? They're so totally different. And because I'm so trenched in Star Trek The Next Generation, that's a very different style of storytelling than the storytelling that's happening in Fast and Furious, mm -hmm. which I really like in Fast and Furious. I just don't know if it resonates with me as a Star Trek fan. It's fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but we'll see. It yeah. could be good. Yeah. Never know. Uh, j just for the record, he he did the the first two episodes of season two of True Detective. So basically, yeah, and I haven't watched season two yet, so okay. I haven't seen those. All right. Oh, well, I mean, check. I, I would say uh, you've seen season one. Yeah, I really enjoyed season one. Yeah, I mean, people are you know they compare it to season one and they're like, this isn't no, this is nowhere near as good. It's terrible. And it's like, well, okay, no, wait, let's let's take a step back. True Detective season one is like one of the finest seasons of television in television <laughs> history, you know, so anything yeah. is going to be, you know, bad in comparison to that, but it's still pretty, pretty great. And basically, he's because he directed the first two episodes, he's kind of responsible for the look of that season and everything. And I think he did a really great job. But you know, well, and True Detective is an anthology series, right? So to me, I think it's kind of hard to compare. It's kind of like American Horror Story, right? I mean, those are done by the same showrunners, but every season kind of has its own feeling and its own style. So I 
kind of feel like it's unfair to compare the two seasons. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're... Have they greenlit a third season of that? Mm, I don't think yet. I don't think they're think, going to. I think it's on the bubble. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It'd be interesting to see what they could do with the third season after feedback from season two. I don't know. Yeah, How they're just waiting for me to catch up. I haven't seen <laughs> first season or second season. They're like, we'll hold off for you, John. Then we'll renew it. Like, Thanks, you, guys. You haven't seen the first it. season yet, John? I have not. You oh, it's not. so good. I'm too busy now. becoming a Fast and Furious fan <laughs> thanks to this show. Fair enough. Fair enough. That is yeah. like watching a whole season of TV right there. Yes, watching all is. of these movies. <laughs> Yes, a <laughs> glorious season, a splendiferous <laughs> season. Yes, for sure. Well, today today we're going to be talking about uh, Justin Lin's final movie as of right now and his, his uh, final Fast and Furious movie and uh, the second to the last Fast and Furious movie as of right now, and that is Furious 6. Okay, um, let's talk about the title Right off the bat, I'm always very <laughs> specific it. about this one and calling it Furious Six. And I, I, I yep. you know, lots of times there's there's some controversy. Not so much anymore now that there's Furious Seven. But at the time, okay, let's 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 go let's go all the way back. And then okay, so you've got the Fast and the Furious. Then the sequel is Too Fast, Too Furious. Fantastic mm-hmm. title, you know. Um, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. We've already discussed how you can take Tokyo Drift and put that at the end of any movie and <laughs> yep. instantly make it a movie fact. which you have to see. You know, established fact. Lawrence of Arabia, Tokyo Drift. I mean, who's not going to see that movie? Um, so then, okay, Fast and Furious. Very interesting. Trying to to uh, to establish that they're getting back to the basics of the first one. You know cutting out all of the you know extra whatever it's not there's not even room for the thus it's just fast and furious <laughs> yep. and then fast five it's like okay let's abbreviate things even more fast five <laughs> so what do you call the next movie and as soon as fast five came out and because I, i've always had this theory like it started around the time of fast and furious it, it, saying that like you could apply the formula for naming movies in you know the Fast and the Furious franchise to any other franchise, and it would totally work. So you've got, for example, um, let's just say Star Trek, two star, two Trek, Star Trek, Tokyo <laughs> Drift, uh, <laughs> the Star Trek. You know, you, you either add those right. or you take them away, sure. and then Star and Trek. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then but it has to be an ampersand. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got Star Five. Okay, so yeah. what what's the next logical step? You have Fast Five. What's the next logical step? I I, I always said it's Furious Six. Furious Six. Yep. It just makes sense. I'm like this next movie. It has to be called Furious Six, and then the information started coming out, and people were saying like Fast Six, Fast Six. You know, okay, that's lame. You're just doing what you did, you know, last time. And then the posters started coming out, and they were all Fast and Furious Six. You know, you look at any poster for this movie, it says Fast and Furious 6. I'm like, that you guys aren't even trying. Like, this is so lame. You guys are the worst. You're ruining this franchise, you know? And <laughs> I, so I was watching the movie, oh, you know? 
And I'm sitting in the theater. I'm sitting next to Brandon, my co-host from uh, Commentary Track Stars. So, and he can tell you this is a true story. And <laughs> I'm I'm watching the movie, and they have the whole big opening sequence and the all of that that amazing credit montage thing. And then the title bursts onto the screen, and it says Furious Six. And I literally jumped up and and. <laughs> You know, raised my my fists over my head and said, "Yeah, frick yes!" You know, this is the. And Brandon's sitting there like, "What is wrong with you? What what's going on?" I'm like, "It's Furious Six. They did it. They they followed the formula that they established. It's Furious mm-hmm. Six. Um, and that was uh, honestly like the the most joyous moment i've experienced in a movie theater in probably the past like 5 years okay wow. so um wow that's pretty intense yeah, yeah yeah so so i'm i'm very happy that the name of this movie is furious 6 even though the box art and everything else says fast and furious 6 it's not it's furious 6 it's very important well, I mean, it's just like when they retitled uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark for the Blu-rays. It says Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. But when that title card comes up, it's the original. It's Raiders, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much a stickler for this. It's like whatever's on screen. Like right now, everyone's like, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. What's that? I'm like, let's talk after the movie comes out. Because I'm fairly <laughs> certain that they're going to come to their senses and just call it Star Wars Rogue One. Right? I mean... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, that's a whole side conversation. I don't think they are. You think is you think literally the credits are going to roll and it's going to say no. Rogue One, a Star Wars story? No, I think it's going to say Rogue One. I, I don't yeah. know how the the opening will go, but um, a Star Wars story will never be dropped from uh, anything. But it won't say at any point Star Wars colon Rogue One or Star Wars Rogue One. No, because yeah. that's going to be reserved for the episodes. I but agree. So that Star Wars: The Force Awakens, Star Wars Episode Eight whatever yeah but that's that's all marketing i mean like the 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 title of of the new movie is star wars episode seven the force awakens that's what's on screen right so like i imagine what's going to happen here is you know you're going to have the star wars burst onto the screen and you know fly out into the into the distance and then as the crawl starts assuming there is a crawl it'll just say rogue one right that's my guess oh okay yes that yeah i I see that i agree with you there yes yeah so that to me means yes star wars rogue one is the you know they can call it rogue one a star wars story but that's a bunch of crap right no yeah okay Okay. i'm I'm down with you on that one yes (laughs) yeah i agree there i do think in terms of all the marketing stuff though they're really going to be pushing that a star wars story thing because i mean that's their whole marketing ploy right there yeah, it's a weird choice for them to make. You know, they should have just kept the episode. I, I know they they were afraid of scaring people away by saying like episode seven. I haven't seen one through six. You know, but I don't know. To me, I don't know. It's weird. They're weird, but whatever. Well, They're making they billions the of episode, dollars. Well, so. and anyway, I mean, because what, are you going to call this one like episode three point eight in case you want to do? Yeah, other stuff I think that Rogue gets one? messy. No, you yeah. just call it. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> okay. This that's neither here nor there. Okay, so uh, Furious Six, uh, it, they they got this one right. They got the title right for this one, and I, I couldn't be happier about it. Um, this is a movie which came out in um, twenty thirteen. It uh, was, I think, a week after Into Darkness came out. Um, strangely enough, and uh, yeah, John, you want to give a synopsis? Yes. Uh, the crew that we've all come to know and love in one way, shape, or form 
through the previous five movies, uh, if you were paying attention to the credit cookie in Fast Five, you found out that somebody you thought was dead was in fact alive. And so uh, The Rock needs their help, and it's because uh, Letty is alive again. And Yay. it shatters Dom's world, and he's got to go. Even though Brian is saying to him, come on, man, I used to do this when I was a cop. We would dangle this in front of somebody. It's a lie. They're playing you, man. But no, Dom's got to know. Dom's got to know. And the most relaxed love interest in the world <laughs> says, if the person you were in love with before you knew me is out there, you have to leave me and go find her. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Yeah, go you. That's great. Um, and so they go off and they uh, they they essentially find themselves head to head in exchange for pardons and the attempt to uh, find and redeem Letty and bring her back to the family. Um, they have to go up against uh, a, a thieving gang of of people who have skills exactly like theirs in terms of racing who use them for evil to steal military things and they're going to steal one last component that will mean the fate of the entire planet is in their hands uh up for auction and so they got to fight them and and all of that stuff and it's hijinks and sue back when the movie came out there was a review which i read on twitter uh from a <laughs> filmmaker named uh, joseph khan i don't know if you guys are familiar oh with yeah him. okay he yes. he made a movie called torque or which came out right around the time <laughs> oh. that the Fast and yep. Furious came out, which I always yeah. thought was the superior film of the uh, you know racing movie, but whatever, that's just me. And, I don't know uh, if I've seen that. It's, I mean, it, the thing that I liked about it is that it's extremely visceral. The plot is like paper thin, you know. But whatever, you've got <laughs> Ice Cube on a motorcycle, you know, racing people, and it was very entertaining. It's extremely, you know. Uh, um, visually, you know, kind of uh, cool and, and everything, and yeah, I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. He's he's known. I mean, his bread and butter is music videos. He's directed a mm. million videos. You know, most recently he's done pretty much all of Taylor Swift's music videos and and stuff like that. But he he's done tons, like going all the way back to the '90s. Anyway, he uh, tweeted his review of. Furious Six, and he actually mm -hmm. calls it Furious Six in his in his post, uh, which I think is is pretty spot on. Um, it, it's not really a review so much as a synopsis. Uh, here it is. I found it. Um, family, 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 family. <laughs> Sad face. Family, <laughs> family. Car flip flip flip. Family. <laughs> yep. It's pretty accurate. Uh, you forgot airplane in there, buddy. Oh, yes, with the 36 mile long runway. You forgot airplane. Well, he yeah. only had 140 characters, so. <laughs> true. That's true. true. That's true. And the airplane is, is definitely important, and we'll get to that later on. Yeah. But, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so, Megan, what did you think about Furious Six? I just, I really love it. It's just, it's so cheesy. The action is amazing. Uh, I love that they are bringing Lenny back in this movie because I always thought it was a mistake to kill her character off because Michelle Rodriguez is just, she's such a tough chick and she was so integral. She felt so integral to the cast that when she wasn't there, it just always felt like there was a big hole. It's a perfect soap opera kind of storyline to bring someone back from the dead. So it fits here perfectly. 
Um, and it's just it's just a fun movie. Like it's it's terrible, but it's phenomenal, and it's just fun to watch. It's a perfect popcorn movie, um, and it's a really great example of. Uh, a really diverse cast, a really interesting cast that puts butts in the seats. I mean, there's a reason that we're on movie nine here coming out pretty soon. It's because these movies are just fun to watch. And this one is no exception. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. What What, what do you think, John? Well, uh, as I've been going through and watching all of these in quick succession, I was having a little bit of trouble uh, latching on to six the way I latched on to five or three or even four. And uh, one of the reasons for that is I have a, a personal little quirk where story synopsis told over credits actually infuriates me. Um, <laughs> if you can't rely on your own script to tell me what I need to know, you're cheating and I hate it. But I worked past it because I was like, that's okay. I know I'm going to have Vin Diesel and The Rock served up to me shortly, and I, I, I'll, I'll put up with this. But it's still, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm there with it. And then I suddenly realized on the bridge sequence why uh, I was going to wind up loving the movie and why I did wind up loving the movie, which is basically what this is, especially with The Rock being involved, and he was Roadblock in the G.I. Joe Retaliation movie. This is <laughs> yes, essentially... The Weather Dominator plotline from G.I. Joe with a Cobra organization being chased by a perfectly matched organization of good guys trying to stop them from getting the one component they need to screw up the world and hold the world hostage. And I, at that moment, like it was when the tank burst through, I was like, it's, G. it's a G.I. Joe movie <laughs> only told with such glee that I can't not I can't not love this. And so it's not equal to some of its predecessors, but. Uh, it was, it's pretty fun. It's pretty darn fun. In in this scenario, I think I would be the geek who would have to be educated on G.I. Joe because my, my mom wouldn't let me watch G.I. Joe when I was a little kid. What? Yeah, same here. I was a little <laughs> bit too young for the G.I. Joe craze. Oh, well, all right. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to have to fix this. Well, let's yeah. shelve that. We'll table that, <laughs> that thought and we'll come back to that later. But Okay. Yes. Challenge accepted. I, yeah. I, awesome. I, I have seen the movies and I did like the second one. I thought that was pretty cool. But Oh, with Cobra Law? Yeah, that was pretty. Burgess Meredith was in that. Like, oh no! You're talking about the live action one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, the yeah. Live I still, action. I still default to the cartoon movies. <laughs> right. I, movies. I heard that the first cartoon movie basically has the exact same plot as the Transformers the movie. Um, only they brought the guy back to life at the end because they were <laughs> yeah. worried about traumatizing kids or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love Transformers <laughs> the movie, so maybe. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I, for for me personally, uh, I I do like Furious Six quite a bit, and I think that you know it's uh, one of the better Fast and Furious movies. I don't think that it lived up to uh, what what came before in terms of Fast Five. Uh, watching it again now, which is this is the third time that I've seen it, um, I was really impressed by like the action sequences and everything. I mean that first yeah. car chase with like the those wedge car things that are like flipping things over yeah. and stuff like that. That was great, you know, and, and the, the end sequence, you know, on the, the runway, I, I thought was pretty great. You know, the, the whole movie worked really well. And I was really impressed by like the, the hand to hand combat, you know, like, uh, you know, they brought in, yeah. they, they, they always, you know, add something to these movies as part of that escalation that we're talking about. And here, I think it, it really is escal escalated. You know, I mean, here we've got, you know, 
a plane chase, you know, which is is pretty mm. great. You know, I mean, in the next movie, spoilers, John, not really spoilers, but we we literally have flying cars, you know, and yes. it's it's one of those yes. things where I, I've I've always you know said like. Furious Eight or Fast Eight. I think at this point they need to call it Fast Eight in order to maintain the the proper uh, naming convention. Um, yeah. They they better go to space. I mean, it's really the the next logical <laughs> step. They have to go to space. So it'll be like a spiritual reboot of Moonraker. No, no, let's not insult them or anything. Oh, like okay, that. no, you know what? That's a fair point. I mean, in terms of the con- the concept of Moonraker wasn't at fault. It was yeah. the execution. Yes, it'll yeah. it'll be the Rainbow Road from Mario Kart. There you Ooh, go. Even there better. You go. I like yeah. that. Oh man, I that's like all that. we need in a fury- furious space, space and yes. furious. I, oh, I, 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 I got a race to the moon, and yeah, I like this. I, yeah. I like where we're going. I would watch that <laughs> movie. Yeah. yeah. But they, they like they're always like adding people to it, you know. Too, they're always and it's it's usually people who are uh, in somehow related to this world or this this genre, you know. Like in in Fast Five, they added the Rock, you know, that was pretty huge, and that was brilliant. It it, it, it yeah. makes perfect sense, and you know, well, John, having seen the credit cookie, you know who's added to Furious Seven. I I think we can say it without. I mean, yeah. it, it's uh, Jason Statham, which makes perfect sense because he's the transporter, you know? And they yeah, just announced in, in F- Fast 8, uh, Charlize yeah. Theron is joining the cast. Yeah, which, I saw that. After Mad Max Fury Road, it's like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. that makes total sense. And yeah. here with this one, there weren't any, like, huge people, but one person who I thought really brought a lot to the movie was um, Gina Carano, who plays the uh, the uh, agent who's working with the Rock, um, who you know is trying to take them down as well? And there's some twists and turns or whatever. But I I, I think we talked about this on the show before. But you know she's a mixed martial artist who uh, has broken into movies through Steven Soderbergh's Haywire, which is an amazing movie spy movie it's basically his version of a james bond movie or whatever but you know he soderbergh being soderbergh was like well if someone's going to be doing all of these stunts i want someone who actually knows how to do them and the fact that she does do all of her own stunts and everything really adds like an authenticity to to yes. to this stuff to the action which yeah. is weird saying that in this movie because i mean this is a movie where literally like a dude jumps off of a tank onto yeah. a car you know and i mean it's amazing but oh, and and shortly after <laughs> another another person jumps off of a moving car to grab somebody in air who's <laughs> over the span between two bridges that are you know thousands of feet in the air and grabs her and flies across and hits a car. Yep, lands and on the another only, car. Yes, but it does set up the great, how did you know the car would be there? <laughs> yeah. The, the, there's yeah. there's a, a very similar moment in the trailer for Star Trek Beyond where uh, yes, someone right. is falling and then, you know, Kirk, you know, reaches out and grabs Sophia Butella's character and then they transport and crash on the transporter pad, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the day that the trailer was released, um, Justin Lin held like sort of an impromptu uh, press conference uh, where, he, you know, it was just kind of like an informal sit down thing. And someone said to him, like, 
that you know that's really similar to the thing in Furious Six, and he's like, I've got you know, I can't not be me, you know, <laughs> which yeah. which I thought was pretty great. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. I love uh, Gina Serrano in this movie, and I love how they it like continued in a natural trend. I think from taking The Rock, who had gotten a start in WWE, I think moving over to a Strike Force fighter makes total sense, and then in Furious Seven. Um, you know, they added Ronda Rousey to the cast, too. And I oh, thought yeah. she was so much fun in Furious 7. So they're, like, continuing this trend of breaking in these fighters in these movies. And they totally fit. And they bring a totally new style of action to the movies. And I think it works really, really well. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think that also on a subconscious level, even though we're all going in and we know that the laws of physics don't apply in these movies, uh, <laughs> the thing is... it when they give you something like that where even if you shelve it even if you sit there and you know that's not Carano that's not Rousey that's their character you still have that playing in your brain that when you watch their fight scenes it's already subconsciously sold you that you're watching something realistic because yeah. you know that these people have really done it so it's even better than bringing in The Rock or Kim Cold where it's like you know even though they're delivering this punishment to each other you you know the artifice behind pro wrestling yeah whereas a real pro fighter really does help sell that idea that, well, at least the fights are real and it, it buys a little more suspension of disbelief from the audience, I think. Yeah. And that scene where she's like trying to get information about the guy and she totally does a, she's like going to choke him out in that in multiple <laughs> yep. times she's doing straight up MMA moves, trying to choke people out. And it was just, she's just really good. I love to watch mm -hmm. her fight. Like I could watch her, her fight for a while like she's just a really good fighter and getting to see her do kind of a fictional version of that was just so much fun same with Very. rousey when you get to furious seven so much fun to watch her fight in that movie H have you seen haywire megan i have not seen haywire oh check it out it's so okay good. it's 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 amazing I, I i wanted to watch it again today after watching uh furious six but i'll watch it tomorrow it's i'll watch so, it for sure it's so great um yeah uh you know, there's there's something about like the hand to hand combat being you know real. I mean that that fight between Michelle Rodriguez and, and Gina Carano, it, it's amazing. We get you know? two of them between them too. Yeah, yeah. The the one in the subway though, in particular, that's the best one. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, that one's great. And, oh, it's so great. And I think you know, like having that and having it be so you know quote unquote realistic. You know, that's something that you're you're gonna want for hand-to-hand -hand combat stuff which maybe is not yeah. as important with car stuff because people don't know how cars fly <laughs> across things at you know high speeds and it's a different type of energy and stuff like that and i think that both of them are done extremely well i mean i think that lynn definitely upped his game with this movie in terms of the action sequences you know oh yeah uh, it's it, it's pretty impressive the the thing which i i would say if I were to fault the movie uh, in comparison to, you know, Fast Five, I'd say that I didn't have that same emotional connection to the characters. And I think that part of it is, you know, the idea of Fast Five and bringing everyone together and sort of making it this reunion thing was really, really strong. And with this one, I just felt like they were going through the motions on some of that stuff again. I mean, it was, you know, bigger, it was faster, more intense, but I feel like it wasn't 
as emotionally resonant as uh, as the previous installment. Yeah, but, I definitely think that's fair. Yeah, but you know, I I, st- I still do think that it's really good, and and watching it now, you know, sort of in the context of all of them, I think it's definitely up there. I'd say it's probably my my third favorite through the first six. As we've been talking, I kind of realized. Um, I think I had taken a big break from these movies because um, I was actually in a really serious car accident in 2003. And so watching oh. race movies like this was actually really difficult for me, even though they're totally over the top. Um, so for I think I saw this one well after it came out of the theater. I think I watched it for the first time right before Furious 7 came out. And I just went through and watched all of the movies. But I started with Furious, with Furious 6. And I think I this one is one of my favorites. I think it's my second favorite after the original movie because it's the one that got me back into the franchise. Oh, that's that's, oh. that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 Did so so you you hadn't seen you went from like one to to six. You hadn't seen the others in between, or I had seen the second one. Okay. Um, and I had tried to watch Tokyo Drift and turned it off. Yeah. Um. Oh. Oh. Sorry. Oh, you wound me. I'm sorry. You wound me. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> I had turned it off. Um, and then I just didn't watch any for a long time. So, yeah, I think I sat down and watched Furious 6 um, and then was like, you know what? I need to give these movies another chance. And then I went through all of them um, and mm. kind of started the beginning and went back through. Um, and that was right before Furious 7 came out to, uh, last year, I think. So so you you think that the first movie is the best of the It's my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite for sure. Is, yeah. And any particular reason or Um I just really like the introduction of the characters and I really like getting to know um Vin Diesel and Paul Walker's characters from the beginning and seeing how their relationship forms and it's really just sets the stage for everything that happens after. Because if you don't I mean, I think you can watch and enjoy the movies, but without knowing Brian and Dom's backstory, I think you kind of miss out on a lot. So it would sort of, and the thing is, some people would take this as as uh, diminishing, but I actually, this would be sort of a, a complimentary thing for me. It's sort of like the world building that occurs in uh, in in the prequels. Like even if you, even if it, they're not your favorite movies, the world building that goes on in the Fast and the Furious is necessary to even appreciate what's happening. Yeah. In Fast and Furious, uh, or Fast Five, or Furious Six. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, I think I think that's I think that's a fair thing, and you know, honestly, maybe that's what they're maybe by this point in the series, enough people are coming in for the first time that that's why they felt the need to do that recap over the credits was they were like, wow, there are a ton of people who haven't even seen the first one, so we should establish how long these characters have known each other uh, to get the audience into it. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing. I think that you're right. There is definitely a, a mythology, a, a pretty solid mythology, you know, associated with this this uh, franchise. You know, it's not just like a bunch of, you know, one-off movies. Everything sort of builds yeah. on what has come before. And, like, I, I totally disagree with you about that montage, John. I love that. Feel free? <laughs> I, I, Feel free? I, I love it because it's it's not... It's not really explaining what happened before. To me, it's, you know, just sort of like a reminder, but yeah. I think it's extremely well done. And It's okay. a trip down memory lane. Yeah. Yeah. To be to be fair, I am going to rewatch the, this, this movie at some point because I love it. Uh-huh. I love them all so in some so way. So good. But I, 
I, I, that's why I'm admitting my bias coming in from the beginning because the opening credit sequence of Superman 2 scarred me as a young boy. <laughs> and then the opening credit sequence to Blade 2 reminded me of why I hated them so much. Like, and so I see what you guys are saying. It, this, is, this is right now, even, ta- even weighting it with my bias against opening credit montages, like it, I, I see what you're saying and I can see that in it, that it's not them relaying big pieces of dialogue at me or major you know, plot points. It's recapping their relationships. Yeah. It's like you know, to, to get you feeling nostalgic for what, what yeah. you're about to revisit. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, from a storytelling standpoint, that's kind of important. You know, you want to bring new people into your franchise. You got to give them something. And I think it's a classy way of doing like a previously on Battlestar Galactica without having someone standing there telling you what's going on. That's Um, a good point. So I don't mind it at all. Um, It's just, you know, it's it's the credits. It's here and it's gone and I can enjoy it for a couple minutes. And oh, yeah, I remember that part. That part was awesome. And let's watch the movie now. that's fair I think it is really well done I mean there's some it beats and everything which which it hits where I'm like I didn't even care about this when I was watching the movie but like yeah. there's <laughs> I, for one thing I think that the music choice you know really works for that particular sequence but then like like the shot that always sticks out to me which you know it's it's cut perfectly sort of like with the music but there's the shot of like Dom like standing next to the car with the the oil things in the background where he when he's looking at uh Letty's funeral or whatever oh. and like yeah. I remember like seeing that and thinking like oh yeah like they they're really getting to I mean I think it's a really well cut together sequence yeah I um, think so too okay but I I I will revisit and I will keep all of this in in my mind and I will work past what I bring to it and you guys are you're 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 winning me over <laughs> you'll have to tell us if this. you like it better when you rewatch it I will because uh, before before the eighth one comes out, I will probably marathon all seven. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do yeah. the same thing. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the Alamo Draft House down in Austin showed all seven in a row when when the last one came out. I was so jealous. That would be I, so fun. It would be amazing. Yeah. I, I did. There was a theater in, in here in Chicago which showed five six and seven back to back to back i'm like that's kind of random but whatever but i of course went and it was amazing but those are the ones <laughs> they still had the files for like I on guess hand so. right yeah. <laughs> they should have done five six tokyo drift seven yeah honestly yeah that's what they should have done that's what they should have done but sorry uh, i don't like tokyo drift <laughs> Well, you're not alone because it's the least financially successful one of the entire bunch. So it's it's a weird you're, one. You're not standing it's, on an island. Yeah, there. it's a little off. I mean, it it has its place. I'm I see people. I could see how people would like it. It's just not my favorite one. It it Fair really enough. is. I, th- I, th- I think we mentioned this before, but it really does feel like sort of the temple of doom of, or, or maybe the lost okay, world. No, need to, no, is, no, is no, it no, the not, lost world not, of the franchise? Do not do that. Because you do not get to do that. There's there's I a was lot with of with temple of doom. Don't pull that lost world business on me. Like Don't you, you know, dare. most most people no. like if you go out on the street and you say like, "Hey, did you like the lost world?" They'd be like, "No, you're crazy." But you know, as as I found after we recorded that podcast, there's a lot of people. They're passionate fans living in the shadows, and they'll be like, "Hey, man." <laughs> Lost World's my favorite too. I'm not gonna if you if you ask me in public, I'm gonna uh-huh. totally deny it. But Lost World, I, you're right. 
You're right. <sighs> just to totally no, go no, down no, this tangent that, too, that I rewatched Temple of Doom for the first time in like a decade recently, and you know what? That movie is solid. It's extremely solid. It's a great movie, and people need to watch it and give it more of a chance. It's, it is. It is better than its reputation. It absolutely it is. Definitely is. Absolutely yeah. is. The it's, worst part about it is Spielberg's wife. She's the worst part about it. Everything else about that it is, is amazing. True. I, that, I well, gosh, we could do a whole thing on. Oh, come on, I think she's pretty backward step. For, I, I don't know. <laughs> it was it was a poorly yeah, written character, terrible. but I think that her yeah. her performance was solid. I th- I think you know people are like she's really annoying, and it's like. But that's yeah, but how she was, was written, you know. Yeah, right. That's yeah. how uh, she did a really good job at being annoying. That was her she job. She nailed it. That's true. That's a good point. My <laughs> husband kept reminding me of that when we were watching it, too. And then I go, yeah, you're right. You're right. And then she'd be annoying. Ah. Anyway, the since I took us off down this road, no, you're that's talking okay. about that's Furious okay. 6. That's okay. We can talk yeah. about Temple of Doom for a while. <laughs> the cinematography is amazing. You so know, good. Douglas Locum, you know, because it, it looks completely different from the other movies. And, you know, you look at it as a prequel. It is a great indiana jones origin story which they ruin yeah. in you know last crusade but whatever you know it, it is a great origin story for that character it's where he it realizes that he is not right he should not be doing this for the money he should be right. doing not this fortune for the, and glory but right. to get it back yeah. to where it belongs or in a museum exactly yeah. so. and if you can enjoy a movie where indiana jones literally saves an entire village of children then you just have no heart i'm sorry oh yeah, yeah. see the thing is even yeah, I, I completely agree with you because if you, if you don't uh, cry when the kids get freed and right? like they come running back to the village, so emotional. No, like right there, there's there's something you you really need to talk with somebody because those <laughs> scenes are so emotionally moving. They yeah. really are. It's a and, good and movie. You, and you want to talk about opening credit sequences? Oh, <laughs> one of my, one of my favorite of all time. I have to say, you know. <laughs> but enough on Temple of Doom. <laughs> no. Go watch um, it, guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get the impression that, that Tokyo Drift is kind of like that. Like there are a lot of, you know, just like, you know, there are a lot of hardcore Indiana Jones fans who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Temple of Doom is where it's at, you know, even okay. though no one else likes it. Mm-hmm. I think that's how Tokyo Drift is, you know, the 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 it's it's one of the the fast and furious deep cuts but it's a favorite amongst amongst many i need to give it another chance i'll give it another chance i i didn't like it the first time i saw it either and and in in uh subsequent viewings i've I've come to appreciate it quite a bit so i would recommend that yeah okay (laughs) on the list (laughs) so um i guess just two two other things here um what what did you guys think about the return of of Letty? I, I love it. I I was glad to have her back. I love um, it. I would have liked a little more memory by the end of the movie uh, because it was awkward. Like I know what they were going for, but at the end when he's like, "Do you remember any of this?" and she's like, "No," but it feels like family. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, you don't remember anybody, you know, and you're, like, sitting on his lap. At least put her in a separate chair so that she'd be like, let me warm up to that. Okay, let's not let's not jump the gun here. But, um, I re- you know, I, yeah, I was glad, you know, I, I think you said it earlier, Megan. Like, having Letty back is great. Because it just feels she right. needs to be back. Yeah, yeah. It, the family does feel complete at the end, with the exception of Han being gone, which is always going to stick in my crawl. But yeah. And I, back. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with getting rid of him. But, yeah, uh, you know, I actually disagree with you, though, about 
I like the fact that she doesn't have all of her memory back. Okay. Because A, A, I mean, she feels really comfortable around Dom. Like, there's certainly some feelings being stirred up again. That's why she's okay with sitting on his lap and everything at the end. But I like that she didn't just magically get all her memories back right as soon as she decided to go back with them. Because that's just too convenient. I mean, we're already talking about a really cliched storyline that's done in every Korean drama, every soap opera. Like, it's just done everywhere. I like that they are dragging it out a little bit. And it gives us something to look forward to in the next movie. Like, is she going to stay with them? Could she go decide to leave them again? It gives her something to do in the next movie, too. Oh, that's fair. Okay. I I can see that point. Sure. Like, I mean, I, I like that she's back. I like the fact that she doesn't have her, her memories, you know, like, like at the end, like you're saying, Megan. But yeah. I, I also, you know, agree with you, John, and that it's weird. I think the way that they handled it was weird because it really is kind of like, I have no idea who you people are. Uh, but you know what? It's all good. You know, let's just do this. And it, I think maybe... She she just feels a little too comfortable with it, you know. I I would like there to be some doubt on her part, you know, some sort of like. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's a little it's a little too comfortable, but. Although I will say that it gives me something in common with the character because if you offer me free barbecue and beer, <laughs> I'll sit on anybody's. Lap I'll sit on your point. lap if you give me free beer. Yeah, like it's pass me good. that Corona. <laughs> I'm down. Let's do this. This feels like family to me. <laughs> That's. <laughs> That's fair enough, I guess. And it it is kind of weird, especially if we go back to sort of Fast Five and presumably they knew what the credit cookie was going to be like while they were making Fast Five. But they like very intentionally, it seems, introduced a love interest for Dom Mm -hmm. in order to sort of just be like, and it's not even like they were trying to create a love triangle. It was just sort of like, She's like, I totally understand because we're both together because we lost our significant others. And you know what? Uh, We'll see you later, you know? And then, you know, she shows up later on and she's like, you know, they're like, sorry, this is so awkward. And she's like, yeah, whatever. It's it's all good, you know? It was so awkward, the conversation (laughs) between her and Letty at the end. It's like, thanks for keeping him warm at night while I was (laughs) missing. I'm totally down with that. Like, Even though I don't know who he is or who you right? are, yeah, that was but a really awkward conversation. And and you know, and and she's like, well, you know, I mean, it's just it just seems strange that it's like, okay, so I understand why he would want to be back with her because he was in love with her for like a decade, but at the same time, she has no idea who he is. So why isn't she like? Um, you know, this is, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm totally okay stealing this woman's yeah. boyfriend. Sure. She has because... no problems with that. She's like, oh, he's mine again now. Even though I don't remember any of this, he's just mine and you're gone. See you later. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's very, yes. it's very strange. Yeah. It is. I agree. I, although may, maybe they both just recognize that they were just, uh, you know, for each other ports in a storm, like rebound relationship. That could be. And so it's, you know, like, you know, it's and just, she, you know, there, there's always that implied, like, maybe if her husband came back. I mean, because she, she says that when she's like, if it yeah. was my husband, I'd go. And so it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I, but I, I agree that introducing her, having her character get so intimately involved with 
Dom by the end of five. Yeah, like you know, like she should have said goodbye then, yeah. maybe. Yeah, and that and that way instead of having to make it so that you bookend the movie with her. Where it's like her character was introduced just to get rid of her, sort of thing. I don't know. Because I guess if you if you time it out with Jordana Brewster's pregnancy or whatever, like they were probably only together for like six or seven months, right? It's not like years had gone by in between the two movies or whatever, right? Yeah. So yeah, at most eight months. So most. so they they probably weren't super duper serious. So, but that maybe should have been conveyed a little more. As well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, I think if you if you've brought the cop that was trying to take you in to live with you in your illicit villa that you bought with your millions of dollars that you ripped off of a drug lord in Rio, there's an implied level of intimacy that you can't walk back on. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, since since we brought it up and kind of forgot to mention it or whatever, should we talk about Han and Giselle? And, yes. and there, yeah, I know it's it's that sad. Was... I don't like any of the stuff that happened. It it's makes so me sad. maddening. So maddening. Because not only do I know Han's dead, but they break his heart before it happens. Right? And I'm like, come yeah. on. Like, geez, dude. Like, have her go off with him and have me always wonder what happened to her or something, you know? Like maybe it didn't work out or something like that, but come on, man. I mean, I, I, w- I was really sad about it, and it's one of those things where, you know, every time I see it, I'm like, no, no, because, you know, you I mean, like we talked about last week, you know, if they're doing spinoff movies, which they say they are, you know, Han and Giselle, you know, and their further mm-hmm. adventures are right that at the top of the list. That would have been an awesome franchise. It, it still yep. can be, you know, why not, right? But, you know, I from a story standpoint, Okay, we know that Han dies. We know that he's going to Tokyo. And if we sort of like reverse engineer this thing and bring in better luck tomorrow and say that that is truly part of this. I mean, it's very clear that, you know, in in Tokyo Drift, they say like, why are you here, Han? And he's like, "Uh, this is my Mexico. You know, you know, you always Mm -hmm. see the people, you know, running away from the bad guys and they always go to Mexico for safe haven. And this is my Mexico. And you can say like, oh, well, you know, they you know, in better luck tomorrow, they, you know, did some very bad things and that's what he's Mm -hmm. talking about. Then we introduce Han in Fast and Furious, Fast Five and Furious Six, and we realize that there's a whole lot of other stuff going on, you know, prior to Tokyo Drift, but after Better Luck Tomorrow. And it essentially gets Han to a different place in terms of where the character is. And you essentially need to do something to cut him back down to where he was at the end of better luck tomorrow. And I think by killing Giselle, you, you do that, you know, and he's like, I'm going to Tokyo. It's just something that I have to do because we've already seen. <laughs> that. Right. And, you know, I mean, I think that that's, that's okay. And the fact that, you know, spoilers, you see the credit cookie where it takes you back to that scene where he dies I think that that, like, it almost works better in this context than it does in the context of Tokyo Drift because it's like you just see him drift racing through Tokyo, right? And it's like he's become like a completely self-destructive person now, right? Like, he lost the Mm -hmm. love of his life and now he's just 
drift racing through Tokyo, and he's going to get into a car accident and die because he's essentially like lost the will to live or whatever. I mean, it, that's not how it plays out in terms of the whole continuity, but that's how it emotionally plays out in terms of this movie. And I think that there's something to that which which works pretty well. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to do it, I mean, you got to do it at some point. You got to kill him at some point because you already did. And uh, I think that, that this, this is a, a fine way to do it. You know, I was I was so incredibly hopeful uh, watching the watching it for the first time. I was like, oh, oh, wait, wait, are they going to show him like crawl away or something? <laughs> yeah. He's like, going to lose yeah. his memory, yeah. too. They could bring him back. They, oh, yeah. oh, no. Hey, no, if they can bring Letty back. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Back. They, they pretty much sealed this one up, though. There, there's there's no coming back for this. But yeah, I, mean, I just I guess don't like it. If they've killed his his true love then I suppose that's the only, like, bringing him back just brings back a character who is, you Broken know, his, in a sense. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, it's, it, would, it would take away the, the what makes Han great. You know, I mean, he was an awesome yeah. character. You add Giselle to the mix, and then it becomes a super awesome, you know, team in a sense. You know, I mean, th- those are my two favorite characters in the entire franchise by far, you know. And the two of them together, I think, is, you know, fantastic. And, God, they better make that movie. Because, I mean, really, if you're going to be doing spinoff movies, who wouldn't want to watch that movie, right? I would totally watch that movie. I want Justin Lin to come back to direct the movie of Han and Giselle. (laughs) I will will buy the ticket right now. I will pay the premium to go see that at the premiere, whatever I have to do. Yep, yep. So, okay, and in terms of the credit cookie, you know, I guess just last thing. What did you guys think about uh, about this credit cookie, Megan? Despite the fact that they kill off my my second favorite character behind, well, Dom and The Rock are kind of both my favorite character. But beside the fact that they kill off one of my favorite characters, I think it's a great credit cookie. Uh, it got me really excited for the next movie. Um, and Jason Statham, like who doesn't like seeing Jason Statham just show up out of nowhere? That was awesome. I loved it. What do you think, John? I'm, st- I Han is gone. I, I'm still coming to terms with it. Um, but I will say that at the very least, showing Statham involved, like having that be his introduction, I'm going into Furious Seven. I want to see him get. I want to see. I want to see The Rock beat him up. I want to see yeah. Tom beat him up. I want to see everybody take a turn. I want to see him get trapped in a warehouse where everybody on the team shows up and beats him up because. How dare he do that? Yeah. I, like, I, so in that in that sense, it's terrific because it it's making me come into Furious Seven. Like, I am ready to watch this go down now because I want justice because he did that that evil, awful person. You know, going back to what we were talking about, I don't think it was necessary to kill both Han and Giselle, but I think killing Han and using that as the introduction for Jason Statham was brilliant because I think so many people really loved him. And so to lose such a cherished character, like like you're talking about, you get so angry at Statham that you just you can't wait to see that revenge in the next movie. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, I mean, that's a really great emotional setup for your audience. Um, doesn't mean I liked it, but it's a perfect emotional setup. And then you go into Furious 7, Furious. Yes. 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 <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm. I, I think it's it's an amazing you know credit cookie on its own terms, and I think the introduction of Jason Statham is just perfect because you've seen the craziest movie you've ever seen in your entire life, where they've they've been building and building and building, and they've gone from stealing you know TV VCR combos to <laughs> now you know cars shooting through planes and you know massive <laughs> you know planes being destroyed on runways and, I love that whole scene yeah it's yeah. it's crazy it's so, just amazing it's like how do you top that how do you do a credit cookie which tops that it's like well you bring in Jason Statham you know that's right that's the only thing you can do and I think that that's kind of amazing because you're just like what? Oh my God! If they did all this in this one, what are they going to do in Furious Seven? And and I, I think that that's pretty great. You know, that being said, I think the sort of um, retconning of that scene from Tokyo Drift is a little weird because it's very clear what happens. And then to say like, oh no, you know, this guy was there, you know, specifically to take him out. Like that just seems like. They're, yeah, that is really weird. They're pushing it a bit too much. But then again, I guess like you're saying, Megan, you know, with it being sort of like a soap opera or whatever, I mean... It is did... a soap opera. You can't deny that it's a soap opera. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And, and, right. and the fact that they just brought back, you know, Letty in the most, you know, soap opera-ish way imaginable, it's it's fine. You know, it, it's, in, it's in keeping with that. And that's and that's pretty great. So, so okay. I'm okay with it then. Um <laughs> And yeah, I, I don't know, there's another problem that I have with it, but I guess this is more Furious Seven related, so we'll save it since you know, John. I know you haven't seen it, but I have no spoilers. A, pr- a problem. You're gonna with... like it though. Yeah, you are gonna like it. Yeah. I'm so happy about that. It's but... gonna be awesome. Yeah. Although I do want to know why Brian Tyler didn't do the music to this. Was it just a scheduling conflict? I mean, like I, I don't know. I couldn't see anything as to why. What it couldn't have been a cost thing, you know? Like because they still use some of his music. It was probably a scheduling thing. Who did the music for this one? Um, uh, it was Lucas, Lucas Vidal. Vidal. Yeah. 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 But Ty- Tyler comes back for the next one, right? If I'm not mistaken. Sorry. Yeah, he did the music for Seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, the the thing about uh, Furious Seven, which I, I just want to say this right now because we're not going to be covering it. Um, okay. For let's just take a step back one one thing you know as we've been talking about throughout all of this series like you know justin lynn seems to be very loyal in terms of his his crew and you know a lot of people who worked on this movie and the other movies are working on star trek beyond basically the entire crew you've got you know stephen f winden the the cinematographer uh the, the editor, uh, well, Kelly Matsumoto came back for this one. And then also Dylan Highsmith it, was brought on to edit this movie. And he's also going on along with Kelly Matsumoto and some other people to edit Star Trek Beyond. But um, one thing that we, we did talk about last week is the fact that almost the entire crew from, you know, the Justin Lin movies stayed for Furious 7, even though Justin Lin left, you know? which I think is really interesting. And I, I don't know the reasoning behind that or whatever. I, I, part of me thinks that James Wan, the director, had never made a movie like this before, unless you count, like, Death Sentence. But, you know, he's known for Saw and Insidious and The Conjuring and stuff like that. So this is kind of, like, outside of his, you know, his, mm-hmm. his comfort zone in a sense. And maybe he was like, well, 
these guys did really good on that one. I want to make sure that I have someone who can, you know, I can count on. I, I don't know what it is or if it was to, to maintain like some consistency or if it was a, pro- a producer thing or whatever. But regardless of any of that, you know, since this show is about the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek, and since this is a Justin Lin series, we're not covering Furious 7. Um, watch Furious 7 anyway, because in addition to it being an awesome movie, basically everyone who worked on that movie is going on to work on Star Trek Beyond. So definitely check it out. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on Furious 6, Megan? One of the things I love about this series is that they added The Rock. And when they did that, I was like, this is just the dumbest stunt I've ever seen pulled. I thought it was a terrible idea. But then I actually watched it and I was like, I'm in love with The Rock. I'm in love with The Rock now because of the Fast and Furious movies. And I have to say, he's one of the only people that can call a female woman. And I'm like, oh, please say that again. Because the way that he does it, I don't know something about the way that he calls females woman. I'm like, mm-hmm, you call her that. Yeah. That works. <laughs> that was one of those moments where, I mean, there's like some stuff where he does where I'm just like, okay, all right. Like I just his, love him. His sort of cavalier use of, of guns, which sort of goes through his entire career like there's i think it's a trilogy now a trilogy of movies in which the rock plays characters who have sworn off the use of guns but then at some point in the third act comes to the realization that guns really do solve all problems and picks up a gun not all shoots a bunch of people subset of them i'm just saying it's weird and terrifying but regardless (laughs) of any of that you know that's kind of like how i I feel about the rock in general but i do i do love him still I just love him so much. He has so many great scenes, like the scene where he's like gripping the hand of that guy for the security company is brilliant. (laughs) And then in the fight, in the final scene on the runway, you know, we've got three simultaneous uh, hand-to-hand combat uh, pieces going on inside this airplane. And his is by far the most entertaining because he's fighting giant Russian dude. Who knew they could find someone bigger than The Rock for him to fight, but they did. (laughs) And he's yeah. still, and he's like a total badass. And he does like I've never seen anyone else do this before or since. He does a flying headbutt. And he looks like a yep. salmon flying out of the ocean. <laughs> Hits this guy with his head. Just I I could honestly watch like a whole spin up of spin off of The Rock. I mean, talk about spin offs from the Furious movies. I'd watch a rock spin off too. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Sold. I'm sure that's right at the top of their list. I know they were talking oh, sure. about that before they were talking about you know spinoffs in general. You know, so I would be shocked if we don't see that movie. You yeah, know? I totally agree. Yeah, I, I still think he should have been Aquaman. But oh, he would have made a good Aquaman. I know, wouldn't he? He's got the eyebrow, like the eyebrow raise yeah. alone as Aquaman. Like, come no, on! But like, you're swimming all the time. Look at those arms. Yeah, like, you need str- you need a lot of upper body he strength. He totally hold a trident. The- He'd look awesome and, holding a trident. I will believe that if he throws a trident, it's going to go through anything he throws it at. Yeah, I mean, come on. I agree. Yeah. There you go. Well, but he is going to be in the. He's he's going to play uh, what's his name, Black Adam. The, yep. the oh, which I'm, I'm already in line for. I it. didn't know sure. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's actually a good casting decision. That's actually really good casting. Yeah. And and I think the other thing which kind of plays into that, which is good, is it sounds like that movie is going to be more uh, family oriented. Yes. He's really good. He plays well to all audiences, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like I I watched The Tooth Fairy, and I'm not going to say it's a good movie, 
but it's not a terrible movie and he's so charismatic you know that yeah. he he totally pulls it off i think that he's he's a good choice for like kids movies and stuff so yeah he's got charisma and he has just phenomenal chemistry with everyone he's on camera with yeah, i've yep. never seen another actor have yeah. that much chemistry with literally everybody Oh, and yeah. by the way, we totally forgot to mention this last week, but of course he is another Star Trek alum because he appeared on Voyager. Oh, is that's that true? Right. Yeah, he himself. does. Yeah, is that because I I heard at one point that that was an urban legend. No, Did he really. That's really a thing. Yeah, where really? he fought. There was the whole thing where they were doing the WWE tie in, and he fought Seven of Nine. Yeah. You don't remember this episode I, where you had the weird thing glued on his forehead? Grab Shire, go sit down and watch this episode. <laughs> okay. What, uh, Voyager was on the downslope <clears throat> of my of my Star Trek viewing. There were a lot of things going on in my life, it, uh, and uh, I, I wasn't watching that that series very closely. It's not a so. great episode, but it's worth watching just to see the Rock. If on the Star Rock Trek. is in it, I'm going to go. Yeah, I mean, if the Rock is in it, then I'm sold. Yeah. I'm, I'm showing up. No problem. Uh, here it is, it's season six, episode fifteen. Yeah, it was um, towards oh. the end of the series. Yeah, it's one of those okay. that I can't uh, I can't pronounce. Sunkatsi. Seven of Nine and Tuvac, Tuvac are kidnapped while on an away mission, and Seven is forced to fight in their gladiator, gladiator-like competition, or Tuvac will not receive the medical attention that he requires. That's right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, of course, okay. All right. Makes sense. Yeah, Makes it's sense. worth watching for sure. Well, I got something to watch before I go to bed tonight. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, so John, any final thoughts on... Uh... Yeah, you know what? I, I think it, what I really need to say is that it is strictly because of uh, commentary Trek stars that I ever even watched the Fast and Furious movies. And it has been one of the most shocking. Like, I have a friend who today, the day that we're recording this, I went out to lunch with him. And he he kept saying to me, he goes, this is a bit. You're You're playing a bit. You don't actually love these movies, right? You're just putting everybody on. I'm like, nope. Totally sold. I never would have gone near these movies if we weren't examining them. And it has been a pure joy. Like, I love these movies, and I am a fan, and I can't... I mean, what a strong note to end on. Like, Star Trek is in good hands, so far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't... I never got the impression that this was a bit on your part, you know? Not I, at all. I, 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 I was shocked that you liked them, but uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Did, did you? I'm sorry, Megan. Did you have any final thoughts aside from that? I know you were. It's just a great film franchise, and you know, on paper, it looks cheesy and terrible. And honestly, some of the previews make it look cheesy and terrible. But man, there's just—I think it's the amount of joy that they bring to these movies. You can just tell that everyone is having fun making them, from the actors to the crew to the stunt people to the choreographers. I mean, it's—they're just fun grab yourself a, bo- a bucket of popcorn and sit down and just watch these movies because chances are you're gonna like them and there's a reason that we're like on our way to 10 movies in this franchise who would have mm-hmm. thought that this little movie from 2001 would turn into one of the biggest global franchises but it did that for a reason yep. indeed that's yeah. true um just before before we wrap this up, I just need to tell this this story because I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Bear with me. Guys. Oh, I can't wait but to hear this. Yeah. It, it just it ties into like this whole show to me anyway. Um, so, <clears throat> okay, this is gonna sound crazy, but 
that's life. Um, so, so in in 2013, uh, my my family we took a family trip to uh, Paris. It was one of those things where, um, like, my grandfather had died and he wanted to take everyone, and then he died, so we used his inheritance to go to Paris. And you know, none of us. Well, I had never been to Europe, and you know, who knows the next time that I'm going to go to Europe. And it's one of those things where Paris maybe not first on my list of places to go, but whatever, you know. Of course, you know, I'm going to go. And the one thing which kind of bummed me out about this was the fact that it was in May of 2013, which is when Star Trek Into Darkness was coming out, a new Star Trek movie. And I was going to miss it. I was going to miss the premiere here in in the U.S. And France doesn't care about Star Trek, apparently, because it wasn't coming out until like July over there. And I'm like, well, this kind of, you know, it's disappointing. You know, I see everyone online buying their advance tickets and I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll catch it on the flip side, I guess. And um, uh, like a, a few months before the release, a few months before we go, they announced that they moved up the release date uh, in the UK and it was coming out a week earlier than it was in the, even the US. So at that point, I'm like, oh, like I'm literally going to be like a train ride away from st- how can I not go to London and see Star Trek Into Darkness at the second largest IMAX screen in the world, like at the, you know, the midnight opening. Like how, there's no way that I can't do that, right? So, of course, my family is like, you're you're literally going to go to London to see a movie? And I'm like, well, yeah, you're talking to me. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that sounds like totally something I would do, right? And they're like, whatever. And, you know, I mean, the whole thing was like, well, when am I going to get to go to London ever, you know? So I might as well, you know? And, and you know, my wife and my sister and, and I, we, you know, took the, the channel thing, whatever, down there. And, you know, we go to London to see Star Trek Into Darkness. And uh, we got there, you know, like a day early. And, you know, we're like, okay, let's go see London. Let's walk around. What do we do? And we're like, let's go to Leicester Square because that's where the happening whatevers are. And, oh, hey, I hear these Leicester Square theaters are amazing. Let's go see Iron Man 3 at this amazing movie theater. And uh, it'll be great. So we're there and we're walking around and there's massive crowds of people like all like lined up along the sidewalk and we hear like these cars you know these like engines which are being revved and stuff like that and we're like what's going on and we look at it you know we we make our way through or whatever and we see that it's all these like sports cars these racing cars things that you see in Furious 6 and it turns out that it was the world premiere of Furious 6 because the movie takes place in London. They decided to do it in London. This is at like one of the premier. I mean, I, I went to the theater the next day that they had this at, and it's honestly one of the best movie theaters I've ever been to in my life. And it was just like, hey, that's crazy. Look, they, they're premiering, you know, Furious 6 here and, you know, whatever. Went on our way, went to see Star Trek Into Darkness, and it was an amazing experience and all this stuff. And now here we are. Like, at that time, never in a million years would I think that Justin Lin would be the guy in charge of the franchise when we ended the show. And that Furious 6, that movie that was premiering, you know, right next to where we saw Into Darkness in, like, another continent, you know, like, that would be the last movie that we'd be doing on this show? That's just weird and bizarre and random. And, uh, (laughs) you know, there's something poetic about it. 
I don't know. It is. That's that is really cool. Yeah. I that's really cool. The universe actually. is a weird place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it is. So anyway. I like that. That's so cool. <laughs> so so Megan, uh where where can people find you on the internet? You know, educating geeks. Where's where's that at? Yeah, so if you want to find Educating Geeks online, we're at Educating Geeks, all one word. Uh, No weird spellings, just Educating Geeks. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, And if you want to find, oh, and we're also at EducatingGeeks.com. We try and make it easy for you guys. Um, And then if you want to find me personally, I'm at Meg Calcote, C-A-L-C-O-T-E, pretty much everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagrams. Tumblr. haven't actually used Tumblr in a while, but I'm there. Um, so yeah, you can find me or Educating Geeks, and we'd love to have you guys. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, cool. well thank, thank you very much for, for joining us. It was great. Yeah. Uh, and a movie that we all agree on, unlike yeah. The Lost World. So <laughs> <laughs> It's been a pleasure. It was a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, we, we would welcome you back uh, to the show anytime, but there won't be a show after two more weeks so sorry well if it ever comes back from the dead like letty i'll be there excellent what's our credit cookie gonna be (laughs) so that was a lot of fun talking to to megan about furious six yes it was it was a great time yeah it you know it's one of those things i was thinking about this and i was looking back you know since this is the last movie that we're doing or whatever and you know i looked back and this is number 116 in terms of just like non-star trek things that we've talked about uh that that star trek creators have done and you know i went back and i looked at the very first thing that 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 max and i did and it was gene roddenberry's first tv show the lieutenant starring uh gary lockwood Wow. And um, the the episode in particular that we watched was uh, an episode which guest stars uh, Leonard Nimoy, and basically the, the the premise of the of the episode is like Leonard Nimoy is a hotshot Hollywood filmmaker who's basically they, they they Hollywood comes calling to this this it's it takes place on a marine base mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right. And, you know, Hollywood, and this is like pre-Vietnam. In fact, Vietnam is pretty much what caused the cancellation of that show. And, um, you know, Nimoy is like, oh, we want to make a movie about this battle that you were in. You know, uh, so we, we need you to consult on it. And, and you know, the Marines are like, oh, great. You know, this is great that you're telling our story. And then Leonard Nimoy is like, yeah, so my idea is, you know, we're going to have big explosions and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And the Marines are like, that that's not what happened at all. And Nimoy's like, I who what, who cares? You know, he's basically like Michael Bay, you know, and he's like, I yeah. don't care about the reality. Let's just see things blow up. And, you know, it, it's it's a great show, you know, black and white, you know, pre-Star Trek and uh, just, you know, these little character dramas. And it's like, that's what we started with, like basically a show about like a guy played by Leonard Nimoy who's trying to make a big explosive action mm-hmm, movie mm-hmm. and you know they're saying like no don't do that because it's you know disrespectful to to what actually happened and now we're ending it with like the biggest blockbuster action movie that we possibly could you know going from the lieutenant to furious mm-hmm. 6 there's just something about that which uh 
There's a beautiful really well symmetry at play yeah. here. And uh, I think that everybody would get a kick of going back and listening listening back to all of the episodes. Yeah, just start now and just marathon them all the way through. It's only, It will only take you like about... Uh, a week and a half if you listen if you don't stop listening right yeah well i mean and they've said that listening in your sleep you actually learn things so you could listen to certain key episodes in your sleep you know maybe the recap episodes you could save those for when you're actually asleep and sort of like absorb that information and you know it'd be great you could walk around work and you just suddenly blurt out facts about different star trek creators and people like what what are you talking about you'd be like oh sorry just just have my tapes on last night (laughs) I, I I think people should try that. I, I think they should try that and then let us know. Uh, I think they goes. should. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's been fun talking about Furious 6 this week, but that's not all we're talking about here on Trek FM. So here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, the orb. I want to hear Worf give a command sometime like, one quarter ramming speed. And then <laughs> yes. someone says, Captain... Regulation specifically states that we cannot go at one quarter ramming speed while we are in orbit of a planet. (laughs) (laughs) To the journey! Yeah, where Seven actually mentions that, where she's like, hey, we we tried this before. You know, like, I offered my services, and (laughs) you're making her sound like an escort. I know, I I didn't really mean that to happen. It just kind of came out that way. She's working the alcove. The ready room. You know, because he's appealing to the Ferengi side of of Nog, which is still so much a part of who he is. I'm glad he didn't offer him Umox, though. Yeah, well, (laughs) whoa, whoa, whoa. When you said he was going to shack up with uh, Vic (laughs) earlier, I was like, whoa, it didn't go that far. The 602 Club. I feel like uh, Men of Steel was a great groundwork to work from, and uh, Batman v Superman... It, it, it had to build off of that because if they didn't build off of Man of Steel, people would say, oh, they're trying to ignore perceived failure in the past. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show as they search iTunes. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well. Uh, if you want to help us out, you can go to our store, the Trek FM Promenade, uh, which is a Redbubble store, which has uh, original designs mm-hmm. specifically made for Trek FM by Aaron Harvey. And uh, it's some pretty cool designs. Uh, yeah, I- including yeah. one I've got my eye on myself right now, which is uh, the Trek FM 104.7 Trekking Through the 80s, which uh, is... You know, if you remember uh, the design aesthetic of of the '80s, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty fantastic. <laughs> I think people will get a kick out of that. Go, go check that out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You could get it as like a bumper sticker or something, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be perfect. Yeah. Um, another way that you can help us out uh, by keeping all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with all the other great perks we have for you. 
These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more, including uh, seats on our our patrons roundtable where you can get in on the podcasting action yourself. Uh, We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. If you want to contact us, you can fill out the form on trek.fm slash contact, or you can leave us a voicemail on speakpipe.com slash trek.fm. You can find the network on Twitter at trek.fm, or you can find the network on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. Facebook is also where you'll find the Babel Conference, which is our listener forum. Uh, just type the Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, or go to our website at trek.fm and click on the discussion tab on the menu bar. So, John, where can people find you on the Internet? Well, uh, by this point, I think everybody knows they can find me on Twitter at Kessel Junkie. Uh, come on by. I'd love to talk with you. Uh, I do, of course, uh, crawl through the aforementioned Babel Conference. And uh, you can find me on uh, two other podcasts. Uh, one, Words with Nerds, that I co-host with my buddy Craig. And you can also find me on Aggressive Negotiations, a Star Wars podcast that I co-host with uh, Trek FM's own Matthew Rushing. And you can find me right here on Trek FM producing From There to Here, which is our daily rewatch of of the entire franchise from beginning to end, looking at two episodes a day. We are currently, I think, just out of the movie era and moving into next gen. We're right around that. So if you want to see what's going on in, in the first season of next gen, you know, now is a good chance to jump in, you know, 24th century. Woohoo. Yeah. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. All right. So, yeah, that's it. This is our our last movie that we're doing, but we've still got a couple more episodes left. We've got uh, a couple things that we need to to wrap up and, you know, put a bow on it and and all that stuff. Uh, And next week we will be back to recap our series on Justin Lin, looking at all of his movies together and maybe trying to figure out what that means for Star Trek Beyond. 